The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Ladies and gentlemen, folks, the Montreal Canadiens have won a game. Did did you even know that they could still do that? They beat the St. Louis Blues by a score of 3-2 in overtime for their first win in I, I don't even know how long. How long has it been? I'm gonna have to check the old uh, the Google machine there. Um, January 18th was the last time they won a game. It's been almost to the day a, a calendar month since they won a game, and they win uh, against a Blues team that is ostensibly far superior to them. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I am definitely not pissed off. I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm feeling rejuvenated. Uh, I'm feeling very happy for the Montreal Canadiens. Very happy for all of the fans like myself who have watched 49 games this season uh, to to finally see them get back to to being entertaining. Uh, Because that was quite the entertaining game. Lots to get to. Let's do a recap. Let's let's do a recap. And finally, I get to do a recap that's actually going to be a little bit fun. So we start the game out. Going pretty well, all right. Especially within the context of having seen the last, you know, ten games, uh, it's going quite well, right? Shots are about even. Scoring chances about even. Uh, Robert Bertuzzo takes a penalty for pushing Brendan Gallagher into his own net, and right there, you knew it was it was going to be a decent game, right? Because Brendan Gallagher got thrown into the opposing goaltender and didn't take a penalty himself. It, the penalty actually rightfully went to the guy who threw him in, uh, but the power play doesn't go. Uh, Habs not very good with that. However, not too long after the failed power play, Paul Byron playing in his 500th NHL game is alone in front. Arturi Lekkanen finds him out there and he just bangs it in. It's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. They score first. Not something that you're going to hear me say very often this season. Certainly not something that I've said very often so far this season. Uh, but it's one nothing. Late power play. Ryan, Bale, Ryan Paling, however, breaks his stick and goes to the bench. Um, I, I think he went directly to the bench and actually went off, and somebody else jumped on. But the problem is there was some confusion there, and it led to a two-on-one the other way for Rob Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, Buchnevich throws it across to Thomas. He bangs it in. It's 1-1. Tied at one after one period with the St. Louis Blues. Again, an ostensibly far superior team to the Montreal Canadiens. We're feeling pretty good about that. Honestly, 
to, to, to come out with the shots pretty much even, scoring chances pretty much even, it, it honestly, you could see a, a much better Habs team out there than we've seen recently. Second period, pretty much a nothing period. No score. Habs actually outshot, outchanced, and outpossessed the Blues by a pretty significant margin in that period. It was a good period of hockey for the Montreal Canadiens. They just couldn't uh, cash in on their chances. I mean, obviously, something that they got to address in the offseason is, uh, and throughout the course of this rebuild, is getting more <clears throat> scoring power, right? It's been a problem for the team for a long time that they can't capitalize on their chances. But, you know, still, looking at that period in a vacuum, good period of hockey. Then we go into the third. All right, third is much of the same. A little bit more back and forth, back and forth though, honestly. Like, the Blues were, were definitely getting a little bit more chances in that period, I felt like. I have to double-check natural stat trick just to be sure uh, on the count there. But it was pretty close. And, of course, late in the period... Pavel Buchnevich. This time he finds Vladimir Tarasenko near the bottom of the circle, and Tarasenko lets loose a ridiculous clapper that beats Samuel Montembeau and makes it two to one with less than two minutes to play in the period. And it's like, oh my god, the Habs have played their best game in months. Their best game in months. And we're gonna lose on a last minute goal. Really? Not really. Not really at all. With eight seconds on the clock, the Habs have Montembeau out for the extra skater. And Chris Weidman goes cross-ice to Cole Caulfield, standing at the side of the net, and he bangs it in. It's 2-2, two to two, and we are going to overtime. Now, in overtime, of course, you expect the Blues to run over the Habs. And let's be honest, the ice felt a little bit tilted in their favor uh, for, for most of that period. But Cole Caulfield was out there early, and he was looking pretty good. Him and uh, Nick Suzuki, you know, kind of creating a little bit, getting get, getting loose with it, right? Loving that open ice. And Martin Saint-Louis, he obviously saw that, and he went back to them pretty quickly. And it paid off. Nick Suzuki almost finds Cole Caulfield for a breakaway pass, and it gets deflected, gets thrown back towards the Habs zone, but Jeff Petrie's back there. He picks it up, skates through the neutral zone, and I've been hard on Jeff Petrie recently, uh, but as Martin Saint-Louis said after the game, c'était un maudit bonjour de Petrie. He skates through the neutral zone, into the offensive zone, goes to the backhand, throws it out front to Cole Caulfield, who's driving the net and Cole Caulfield, his second goal of the game, is a game winner in overtime. The Montreal Canadiens have won their first game since January 18th. Oh my god, what a game. What a game. And the player of the game, um, I don't, I, do I even have to say it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Cole Caulfield. Are you kidding me? Um, he, he now has four goals since Martin Saint-Louis took over as coach. You can see the, you know, it's night and day, his play since uh, Saint-Louis took over. I don't know what kind of conversations they're having or specifically what things they're working on in practice. Maybe just, you know, having one of his childhood idols um, as his coach is, is making a significant difference in his mentality, the way he's approaching the game. He looks loose. He's, he's being able to create. Um, he's finding that open ice, which again was always, you know, the best part of his game was his ability to find open ice. Right, RDS 
put up uh, a stat after the first period, going, like just before the second period started, that in the first period he led all players on both teams in offensive zone possession time. It wasn't a ton. It was only like 30, 35 seconds or something like that, but he led all players on both teams with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. That said a lot to me, and I was watching this game alone, so there's no, nobody's got no reason to believe me when I say this, but I said to myself when I saw that, I was like, he's got to score tonight. Like that much time relative to everybody else on the ice with the puck on your stick in the offensive zone, shooting as well as he does, that has to result in a goal. And of course, it resulted in two goals. Uh, funnily enough, he didn't really have the puck on his stick very long for, for either of those goals. They were, they were one touches, right? Uh, both of them. But the point here being, he was having a good game before the puck started to go in, right? He was playing some of his best hockey before the puck started to go in. He's been playing his best hockey since Martin Saint-Louis took over. So I, I think, you know, as hard as I was on, on the last coach, um, maybe too hard at times, I'll, I'll admit, I'll acquiesce to that. Uh, this, th- this change has done wonders for what is the prime asset for the Montreal Canadiens moving forward. If they can get him going, right? We, we know this team's in a rebuild. They just sent Tyler Toffoli off. You don't send off Tyler Toffoli to Calgary if you're not committed to actually doing a rebuild. But if Cole Caulfield can get going sooner than later, the timeline of that rebuild, the time horizon for making the playoffs is sooner than you think. A lot of people are saying, you know, it's going to be five years. It's going to be six years. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's going to be two, three years. I don't know. All I can say is if, if, if this trend continues with Caulfield playing this kind of hockey, they have a chance of getting into the playoffs sooner than later. And we'll see how long that takes. I mean, you got to love how the overtime goal was almost a carbon copy of Caulfield's first NHL goal that he scored in overtime against Ottawa. And it was Jeff Petrie who threw that pass to him against Ottawa, you know, across the ice on the backhand, uh, and then Caulfield tapping it in close to the net. It was almost a carbon copy. They're replaying it on my TV right now as I speak. And, like, really, that's... It's almost the exact same goal that they scored uh, against Ottawa. I, I I can't say enough about the difference that we're seeing since uh, Martin Saint-Louis took over. I mean, he mentioned it right after the game that Caulfield was playing really well and obviously scored the equalizing goal with eight seconds left on the clock. And he said, you know, he had a really good shift, uh, his first shift in overtime, and I wanted to get back to him. So he got him back out in the ice real quick. Smart coaching. The overtime deployment was excellent. Excellent. He even let Joel Schooneman play in overtime. And I love that because Joel Schooneman, um, not a flashy player, definitely not a guy. If, you, if you're if you not watching the game and looking for him, you, you might miss him. But he's a pure hustle. He had a shift on the penalty kill. I think it was in the third period where he... All of a sudden, he was below the faceoff dot, right? And then he all of a sudden just starts booting it because the puck was kind of trickling towards the line and there was no defender over there. So there was a winger that had to come up and try to keep it in and hold the line. And he just motored it to make sure that puck got out and he did. 
And that could have been costly because the Blues have a very, very good power play. Um, so great game from him. He deserved to get that overtime shift. And good on Martin Saint-Louis for noticing it and giving him the opportunity uh, because it didn't hurt. It definitely didn't hurt. Good on him for uh, rekindling that Petrie to Caulfield connection. I don't know if he planned that out. Maybe he saw that. Uh, maybe he saw tape on that, that first goal that Caulfield scored, and he's like, ah, this is what we're going to do uh, in OT. Uh, but let's face it, Petrie, Suzuki, and Caulfield, oof, in three-on-three hockey, man, when they're playing as well as they are, um, well, I shouldn't say that for all of them. Petrie's, Petrie's had a rough go recently, um, but he was he had a pretty good game against the Blues anyways. When they're at their best is what I mean to say. Uh, that's a tough trio to stop in three-on-three. Three. Very tough. And you saw it there. Again, Suzuki had a failed pass, got blocked. All of a sudden, Petrie picks it up, and next thing you know, it's a legitimate A-plus scoring chance. And when it's on the stick of Cole Caulfield, an A-plus scoring chance is an A-plus plus. And uh, it goes in. Great win. I had fun watching that game. I haven't had you know, real fun watching a game. I, there's been a couple of, like, you know, semi-fun games recently. I haven't had that much fun watching a game since the playoffs. I don't expect them to, to go off and, and provide, you know, uh, overtime game after overtime game from here on out and, you know, excite the shit out of me on a regular basis. But fuck, if, if that wasn't the most entertaining game I've seen all year, I think it was. Um, to date, anyways, I hope they keep providing us with at least close to that entertaining of games, right? They can lose all the games from here on out if they're close and if they're entertaining, and if we get to see the young players really featured the way that Martin Saint Louis is doing. Um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, right? You have my buy-in as a fan, and I think you're going to get the buy-in of most fans, right? We're not sitting here thinking... I, I don't think there's any Montreal Canadiens fans sitting here thinking, we could make the playoffs. We're not mathematically eliminated yet. Nobody's thinking that. Right? It's been said. I, I've seen it said a couple of times on television. They say, Montreal Canadiens, they're not yet mathematically eliminated. But nobody is seriously thinking that that is where this season is going. What what we're looking for, what I'm looking for as a fan anyways, is precisely what I said. The young players getting featured and some entertainment. We had that in spades against the Blues. Uh, I loved that game. W- what a game. You look at the NHL standings right now, and you, you look at where Montreal is, and you look at where St. Louis is. St. Louis is right behind Minnesota for third place in the Central Division. They're a playoff team. Some would say maybe even a Stanley Cup contender. Some would say that they might actually be interested in acquiring Ben Sherratt to try and bolster themselves for a playoff run. And you know the Habs are going to have some other trades coming up, and Ben Sherratt's going to be one of them, and maybe he goes to the Blues. Who knows? Um, they, they didn't get a look at him. Uh, he wasn't obviously playing against the Blues in this particular game, but I digress. The point here is the Habs went up against a far superior team. I said twice early on in this podcast that they are an ostensibly superior team. They are on paper a superior team, and they are in the standings a superior team. They were not the superior team on that night. On that night, a Montreal Canadiens team was better than the sum of its parts, and they took down a team that is just better than them in every other possible way. 
Just not on the ice and not on that night. I'm going to cut the podcast off there. I'm feeling great about this. I'm feeling encouraged. Uh, I'm feeling energized for the next game, which is going to be on Sunday afternoon. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Obviously, we're running what? We're running close to 16 minutes. So it's une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. I will see you guys again. I will have another episode coming out relatively early in the day on Sunday because we're playing at 2 p.m. So stay tuned for that one. And until then, of course, à la prochaine.